Welcome to GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. This is the Saturday Sit Down. I am Tate Frazier. I am joined by Mr. Michael Lombardi. Tate Frazier, how are you today? I'm doing all right, and I'm also joined by uh, the great Joel Solomon. Joel, how you doing? I'm good. I'm trying to keep up. Michael Lombardi's had four cups of coffee already. I've yeah. had one, actually. No, I've had not four. I've had one. I, I was late today. I had to walk the dogs, right? So I'm all by myself. I had to walk the dogs. I, I had, I'm like Superman. I, like, I need a cape. I'm like, you know when Kramer was making all the stops on the bus? Yeah. <laughs> and, and they were ringing the bell even though he was fighting people off? That was my morning. This is- that was my morning. That was my morning. I'm walking dogs, feeding dogs, writing, writing for the book. You know, get over here. I had to do no no bull with you, and now I get this. So Lombardi shot like eight videos this morning, and you would think yeah. he'd be worn out by that. No. Instead, he's rejuvenated. It. I'm back, and I it's know like, why. Yeah. You know why? Why the heist? I mean, wow. it was unbelievable. It was so good. And now you know how he did it. The color rush jersey. He just needed that. You think that's yeah. what it was? Yeah. Yes. He got rejuvenated <laughs> by the color. You don't think it was the fact that the Colts. Tried to play cover one with a bunch of guys they just signed off the street. You think well, that I thought you were going to say the Colts were colorblind. <laughs> that's, that's all There's I There's a lot of say. things the Colts were. I mean, it was so predictable. You don't realize the Colts are minus 85 in the fourth quarter? Oof. Minus it's, 85. God only knows Can what I they are in the other quarters. Can I make an announcement Absolutely, to you? Absolutely, please. Chuck Pagano's going to lose his job. Like, I'm not going to get credit for this on Twitter, nor do I right. want credit for this on Twitter. But you know when Black Monday comes around, people are like, oh, you know, the first one to report that, like, I'm just telling you, okay, like, there's certain things you know in life, like, you know, you know, you probably will get a nice gift for Christmas. He'll get pecan pie uh-huh. from his mom for Christmas, right? You, there's <laughs> things you know. You know. She'll say it's pecan. Yeah. Pecan. <laughs> I'm from Jersey. I don't know. Anyway, you know you're going to get. A Chuck Pagano firing either the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So after like the, the press release has already been written. It's written. You're it's saying. done. Yeah. I mean, like it's over. How many times have they written that press release? I feel like we've heard about Chuck Pagano getting fired for at least three years now. I feel like every single year he somehow slides by. They're like, Listen, we got to get rid of Pep. We got to get rid of all these other. This people. is the first time he's. This, well, he was one of fired when he was with Grigson, which that the owner yep. made a colossal mistake. He kept them both, mm-hmm. you, you know, and then he should have probably got rid of both of them then. And then they got rid of Pep, but he's made. They've made the playoffs every year, you know. And obviously, this is the team really felt has fallen apart. This is more Chuck losing his job is really more a reflection of of the inability that Grigson. I mean, that's really a poorly built team. And now Andrew Luck is, you know, somewhere in Europe. Do you know where he is? No, let's talk about this. Yeah. So Andrew Luck, we keep seeing him. Well, he keeps talking about like he's reverential as if he is like some personal proverb. That's you hear that come word he in. just used there? He could tell he's he was amazing. He's going to save the day. Yeah. He's going to come back in. He's this great quarterback. But meanwhile, we don't see him play. He doesn't get treated like he's done anything. You know what I mean? He gets treated like he's still like Tom Brady or something right. like that. We haven't seen him in a long he's time. He's like Chappelle. He had to go find himself. He went to Europe. He probably has a huge beard again. You're right. He got offered fifty yeah. million dollars, and then he just ran away. That was exactly. smart. Actually, good idea. Did Chabelle ever? Did he ever do the comedies? Did he ever get paid for that? No, no but he, he got two big Netflix specials. Maybe Andrew Luck's working on his Netflix special <laughs> in Europe. You know yeah. what I think happens is th- there's things going on in Europe medically uh-huh. that you can't do here in this country because of the FDA laws and restrictions. No, we call that the Kobe Bryant treatment. The Kobe Bryant treatment. And I think that's what's going on over there. Peyton went over there to get his neck. You know, did that surgeries over there? Or I thought whatever. he sent Ashley to go over there. Maybe he did. I don't know. <laughs> you guys are too good. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, and so I, you know, I think that's why people are going over there. The rehab's different. Everything is kind of state of the. I don't want to say state of the art. It's just different because the FDA takes so long in our country to approve a thing, so they can cut the red tape and go over there. And besides, who wouldn't want to go to Vienna? I'm sure that I don't know where he is. He might be in Vienna. I want to go to Vienna. Me too. You know, I want to go hang in Beach Vienna. Beach watching 
the Broncos run all over your squad in those yeah, uh, like, well, orange jerseys. Trust me, he wasn't the only one. There was a lot of empty seats in that place on last night too. So. Absolutely. But you like this coach job. You're saying this is a desirable job. Oh, I think some- it's the number one job out there because of luck. Most jobs open because the quarterback isn't there, right? So typically the Giants have an opening because Eli Manning is on his declining hour, right? Chicago's opening because they went with a young quarterback, Mike Glennon. I mean, there's the reason why. Like, they don't give you houses in Beverly Hills. Like, there's no vacant property in Beverly Hills that you can take over and just say, hey, come on in, Joel, take over. You're going to have this $3 million mansion. No problem. You know, we'll pay the taxes, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're friends with uh, George Clooney. But the reality of it is, is, is that when you get one of these, like this is one of those where you have a great quarterback, you still have all your draft picks, so you can rebuild the team, you can reshape the team, and plus, I think you can recreate the culture within the building. I think it's by far the best job. And T.Y. Hilton just seems like a cool guy, right, <laughs> to hang out I with. I think you just yeah. like when he does the T.Y. dance when he yeah. scores a touchdown. Yeah. He, he might be one like. of my favorite. He's like keeping Colts fans somewhat interested, I think. It's hard to yeah. do. You know, I mean, they've all switched to basketball in that state. But right. I do think it's a really good job. I think of the jobs that open up, you have to you look at the quarterback – and they've always been in, in a, a good place to play. Crap division. Crap division. You get your boy Blake Bortles twice, you know. Now you got Deshaun Watson coming out, but I think the AFC landscape makes it all different. I, I think it's a really good job. You mentioned Deshaun Watson. To me, that's the best job. And I know Billy O'Brien, mm. people don't want to say that he's going to get canned. And I don't think that's been even reported anywhere. I know you mentioned it last week on yeah. GM Street that keep your eye on that job. But right. if that job opens up, I think, you know, with Clowney, the Texans, and it, obviously Deshaun, that's a pretty good job. Yeah. Too. I, and I, the reason is, is there's always conflict between Billy O'Brien and the front office, Rick Smith, the general manager. That's always going to have some kind of conflict because, you know, Billy works from an environment that he's never really, it's always been coach GM attached at the hip. And that's not typically the case. Billy has one year left. Rick Smith has four more years left on his contract. So, you know, I think Houston has to make a decision. Do they want to extend Billy or they don't? You know, and no coach wants to be a lame duck. Yeah. And no coach wants to enter the year as a lame duck and want to have security. So I think that needs that'll come to a head. Either Billy will be there and they extend him, or Billy will be gone and you know he'll be in Chicago. He'll get another job somewhere in the league because there's gonna be enough openings that it's gonna be hard to fill them all. He should have stayed at Penn State. He just he had it made there. He could have been a king. I don't know. Could have had Saquon Barkley this year. Yeah. Could have been fun. Coaching against Harbaugh, that would have been fun. Yeah. I think college <laughs> jobs are better, Joel. Yeah. I think they are. Because you you, know, more you are the GM. You, more control. you, are, you are the everybody. personnel director. You are everything. Yeah. Now you have to come in. You listen to all this. You know, you know, now you're finding who's this, who's got to say. I mean, look at Cleveland. Okay, John Dorsey comes in and says they really weren't picking real players. Now, I can promise you this. In Cleveland, everybody's got their eraser out. There will be five. All the executives in Cleveland will have loved Deshaun Watson. Now, they wouldn't have said a word during the draft, right? Nobody <laughs> said anything. But today, everybody yeah, loves Deshaun yeah. Watson. Well, you know, we love Trubisky. We love Watson. They just wouldn't pick him. Well, the good news is they'll have their choice again. Of If there is. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's going to be cyclical. That's every year. They're always right. going to have a pick at the top. Uh, <laughs> and that's the Cleveland Browns story. It's like the Medea movies. Like, you get one every year. You know... Cleveland will be at the top of the draft. And you know there's going to be that sad portion of the movie. You know, it's going to be oh, real yeah. funny. It's going to hit you for five minutes, and you're going to go 40 minutes of sad. <laughs> then it's going to come back. It hit you. It yeah. hit you with three minutes of funny, 30 minutes of sad. sad. Yeah. What's it's your favorite funny. movie, Tate Frazier? Of all time? Yeah. Whew, that's tough. Probably Layer Cake. I don't even know if people know who that movie is. Daniel Craig, great movie. Go check it out, Layer Cake. I was not expecting that. <laughs> that, that. That caught me completely yeah. off guard. So I was I'm totally gonna going to Google, I'm uh, going to have to see if I can bill it out. Zoolander. Since Bill and I are alone, yeah. we'll have to watch that. I mean, I'll do the general audience answer. You know, Wedding Crash was a great movie. Really love that movie, too. You know, everyone Hoop loves Dreams, Wedding Dreams, I thought you would have gone. He Got Game is one of my top. I mean, I don't know. I'm spread across. Layer Cake. All, all the genres. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. it changes by the day, guys. I don't know. I'm just uh, saying things. Yeah. 
That's the all whole right. point. It's Saturday sit down, and we talk about all the games. <laughs> Lombardi picks five games, and we run through them all. I was good last week, Tate Frazier. I had a good week last you're week. You're doing great this whole year. I'm not oh, gonna lie. I had, I had some bad. You, I had some bad weeks. No, so. but you're moving lines in Vegas, and that's what really matters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Chargers are going to take on the Chiefs. We're going to see who's going to end up running the AFC West this weekend. This is going to be a real showdown. It's going to be on Saturday. It's in Kansas City. The Chargers are on a four-game win streak. They look like they got the offense rolling. Keenan Allen's been incredible. The Chiefs have been subpar, to say the least. Kareem Hunt, though, did show some signs last week. Finally got it rolling again. They started giving him the ball. Andy Reid's given over his play sheet. Do we think the Chiefs are going to get this thing back in order? You know, seven times they've played the Chargers team, and the Chiefs have won all seven. Hey, look, it's a hard place to play. Kansas City, you know, I know they lost there before. It's a hard place to play. The Chargers are the better team. That being said... It always worries me when the Chargers are the better team. Like, do I think Phillip Rivers is having a great year? Yes. If you watch the Browns game closely, there was moments in that Browns game where you felt like the Browns were going to win the game. And if Kaiser Soso didn't hold the ball for 42 minutes and get strip-sacked from behind by Bosa, I just think these are one of the games where the stakes get risen a little bit. And I think the home team has a favorite. I think the rush will help. And if the turnovers create the situation. For, for some reason, I know the Chargers are the better team. I just think the Chiefs are going to win. You say they're going to be the Chargers that we know of old. That's what worries me, yeah. Yeah, they've been a, on a field, roll A missed field goal, something. You know, like they're going to stub their – they're the better team. If you said to me, play on a neutral field, who wins? No doubt. But you go in that – like nobody really understands going into Kansas City. It's truly like going into downtown Moscow. It's all red, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And you're in complete red, right? Mm-hmm. You just – and the people, they're very friendly. They're very nice. When they throw things at you, they're very polite. But it's a hard place to play. And the field's kind of sloppy, and you know that'll hurt the pass rush a little bit because you can't get great traction there. So Bosa and Ingram, it's not going to be a fast track like if you're playing in the Meadowlands. I just worry about the Chargers handling the responsibility of being a great team. I really worry about that. I've always been worried about that secondary, too, and I I know one guy specifically I'm always worried about, and that's Trey Boston. I don't want to point him out, but we had two or three plays last week that if Kaiser Soso had made the throw, Josh Gordon would have scored a couple touchdowns. I oh. mean, he beat them deep plenty of times. How about he Blake just, Bortles? I oh, mean, if yeah. Blake Bortles beats them, too, I mean, you know, they win the game, but if Blake just makes a couple throws— I. They worry me. I mean, they're they're close, and there's a margin, and I just think when you're at this point of the season, it's very difficult. What would wildcard AFC Saturday be without the Chiefs losing in that game? So (laughs) that's why I just – I still am holding out hope the Chiefs will win that division. The the home field thing is interesting because I feel like the Rams and Chargers play 16 road games. Right. So I wonder if they're at the point now where the crowd, they're just ambivalent. They work on a silent count count all the time. Yeah, look, and and Wizard Hunt has always done a good job in these kind of games. I went into Denver – uh, you know, went went on the road when he was a coordinator at San Diego before he went to Tennessee as a head coach again. Won some road. I mean, they they know how to play on the road, and I, I I grant you that. I just feel like the pressure sometimes on San Diego. Can they do it? Can they cover well enough? Uh, don't kick the ball to Tariq Hill, please. Don't you have a better chance? I think they probably will, knowing the Chargers. <laughs> if I had to guess. Next up, we got the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. The return of Aaron Rodgers, he's going to go into Carolina to take on the Panthers. The Panthers are having some problems on the offensive line. Trey Turner is out. Their backup for Trey Turner is also out. And I don't know, Mike Lombardi, I might be playing right guard for this team. Yeah, they're not good in the line to begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, forget when they start. And now they start having injuries. They're not really good in the line, which sometimes helps them because Cam starts to run around and starts to make plays. But... I mean, this is a last week was a tough game for him. You get beat up on that game. But what worries you the most when a great player comes back, there's a sense that the team thinks, okay, 
he's back. I don't have to do as much. And really, when a guy's missed as much time as Rodgers have, you got to do more. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do more. And it to me, I think that this whole thing, Rodgers coming back, has given the, the Panthers the motivation to kind of step up. And I don't know. For whatever it is, I don't trust the Panthers to play a consistent game on offense. So I think Green Bay will be the favorite here. I think Green Bay could win the game. I just sometimes I worry about Carolina just playing consistently offensively. Absolutely. I think it is weird, though, that Carolina does have this great game. They beat the Vikings, a team that everyone has sort of coordinated as the best team. And then people kind of went silent on the whole week. Mm. I watched a lot of shows uh, that cover the NFL. A lot of people did not talk about the Carolina win and kind of just what you're saying. They're, they're, everyone's still hesitant to say this team they're is hard. an actual contender. They're hard to, they're really hard to kind of fall into because, you know, they do miss Charles Johnson, who's been suspended for the last two games. You know, they, they, they are hard to really like say they don't consistently move the football enough. And, you know, they have enough playmakers. I mean, Funches has been great the last couple of weeks. Stewart's been running the ball really more effectively. But for whatever reason, they just have those lulls in games. And when you have a lull in game and you're playing a great quarterback in 12 possessions, you have six lulls in a game. He's going to make enough plays. But, you know, that being said, I think he's going to be a little rusty. I like that Jonathan Stewart is like the safety valve. Like they kind of rested him this season, let McCaffrey do his thing. And now he's basically been there since I think the franchise started. And now it's like, <laughs> let's go back to Jonathan it Stewart. It was Kerry Collins, Jonathan yeah, Stewart. Yeah. yeah, that's when it all rolled out. Yeah, he's been there since, uh, who was the original coach? It was... 1995, original coach was... Uh, well, Napoleon was there. Yeah, yeah. Dom, yeah. Dom Capers. Dom Capers. Yeah. Napoleon and Capers, yeah. Napoleon yeah. Capers. Yeah. And Kerry Collins and Jonathan Stewart. And he'll, he'll <laughs> still be there. And uh, I don't know, maybe that's just like the way it, it should have been. Like, they'll figure out McCaffrey... Just let Jonathan Stewart in in goal line situations, and I don't know. I think Carolina is still too much. Maybe it'll be a shootout. Aaron Rodgers will throw some hail marys. Maybe it'll come down to a hail mary. But I don't know. I like your Panthers take. Here's what here's what Aaron Rodgers had to say. He said, "I'm not coming back to save this team. I'm coming back to play quarterback the way I know how to play it, which is him saving the team, which is yeah. what he does. They run <laughs> D slant. They run D slant 752 times. He'll throw the ball, and he'll just make a play. He'll run around. But you know, he's going to have to take a hit." Look, they have proven that they can run the football effectively before with him out. And, you know, Williams has run better. They have still have Aaron Jones, and he's healthy. They're a more complete team now that he's gone because they've had to be because they really couldn't rely on just him just making a play. I will say if I'm Aaron Rodgers, this is not the defense I want to play in my first week. They're no. physical, especially up the middle with Short and those guys. Yeah, I mean, no, he may this, take some big hits. This is where they have to be smart with the football. Absolutely. Next up, we got the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Seattle Seahawks, going up to Seattle. Seattle is kind of in control of this division a little bit, getting a home game against the Rams. Right. They could take control of this division, uh, the NFC West. Uh, what do you see in this one, Lombardi? I thought it was interesting. Sean McVay made a great point this week. He said, I, I got to get back to the running game. I got to run the football. I, I think what, what Sean has done a tremendous job of is masquerading the illusion that Jared Goff is the offense when reality it's girly. Mm-hmm. And Goff has done a nice job. I don't think the Rams have five dropback passes in their offense. I think it's all play action pass. It screens. It's, they've done a great job of, of mirroring those things. And, you know, and I think that their defense took a hit last week. Webster getting hurt. That Eagle game took a lot out of it. That was a playoff game for me. That was a true playoff game. And Seattle going home, licking their wounds. Bobby Wagner not playing worries me. 
I like the Rams here. I really do. I think the Rams are the better team. I think Gurley will run the football effectively on them. I think the Rams are the better team. Yeah, Tremaine Johnson uh, on the Rams has been talking a lot about you know this matchup with Seattle, and you know he got in trouble with that earlier in the year. So if you're a Rams fan, I may maybe just tell Tremaine to hold back a little bit. I don't know if Russell Wilson can just pull it out of his and like it's like this is their offense. Like just Russell Wilson run around and throw. I, Russell I don't and know. bustle. Russell and bustle. You can feel it here in Los Angeles. I mean, everywhere you go, Rams fever. <laughs> like people wearing Rams jerseys. I haven't seen anybody. Have you? <laughs> what? <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, I want, today when I was doing my Kramer impersonation, you know, doing ten thousand things, right? Yeah, I saw two people walking the beach this morning with Eagles shirts. I mean, the, like the Eagle fans haven't left yet. But he, here's here's why I think it sets up for the Rams. No one was expecting this, and it it came out of nowhere. Usually, a team takes that one year, and you can see it coming. I think this is the weekend we find out if if they're for real and headed for the playoffs, or if it's like. That year, this is that year, they, it's a stepping stone year. Yeah, this is a huge game for them. They lose in Minnesota. Their, their most signature win was obviously beating Dallas in Dallas, a game they trailed at halftime. This is going to be fascinating to see them handle the snap. I mean, it's going to be hard up there, right? The mm-hmm. crowd noise is going to be, this is a playoff game. So the Rams are playing another playoff game. And it's going to be a challenge for them to handle the snap count, to handle everything. And if they're catching Seattle at the right time with Wagner being hurt, that's the only reason. If Wagner was playing and I knew that, I would go with Seattle. But I'm worried about Wagner not playing. They're going to try to get this matchup with Gurley on KJ Wright, and it may not do uh, right. the, good the, things the, the The matchup they got to worry about is the same matchup that the Eagles got them on, is that inside Fletcher Cox over the right guard Brown. And, and they got to worry about blocking Richardson. Their defensive front of Seattle, when, whenever the Rams have played a good front, Seattle they lose, Minnesota they lose, Philadelphia they lose, Washington early in the season they lose. When they play a good front that can control the quarterback and stop the run, that's when they lose. This is a good front. Now, whether they can do it or not without Wagner, that's that's the only hesitation I have. Next up, we got the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders. Uh, the ra- ra- Raiders. Uh, Lombardi, how are you feeling about this one? Uh, Ted Fraser, I, I, I don't like this one at all for the Raiders. <laughs> uh, who's going to light the torch? You know, they should have you light the torch, Joel. This would be uh, – yeah, I'd have to number. light eight of them, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this is what, what I think – I can't believe that Jason Garrett lasted – the eight nights of Hanukkah. I didn't. I think the real miracle is he lasted eight games this season. It's amazing. I, the clapper is still there. And here, here's why I actually like the Cowboys. It's kind of like me here. He, Jason Garrett, throughout his career as Cowboys coach, has done just enough to right. save his job. He's a just enough coach. <laughs> right. Just he's, enough claps. Just enough moisturizing cream on his hands. Just enough. And he's going to do just enough this right. season. And you're never going to get any better. And he will stay there. Uh, Jerry Jones can't fire him. You know, it was another tough year. They didn't have Ezekiel, and but they'll they'll still go maybe ten and six, just miss out and repeat next year. Yeah, I, I look. The Raiders are terrible. The Raiders are horrible on on offense. I mean, defense and offensively, they can't throw the ball down the field. You know, last week the Cowboys won without their best defensive lineman, David Irving. I know DeLarence Grant's still a good player, but I don't see how the Raiders beat anybody. They're, I've never seen a team like the Raiders. Right? They talk about Crabtree is in a play. He runs a route. He comes off the field. Third down, the most important. Like, to me, you watch the Raiders. Everybody says, well, you got to get Marshawn Lynch the ball more. He couldn't carry it three times in a row. He's not in shape. Give him the ball more. Yeah, that's great. But he's going to puke on the sideline. Like, there's no conditioning on this Raider team. Like, the Raider team looks really out of shape and not fundamentally sound. And even though I'm not a Clapper fan, I'm going to clap for him. I think they win. 
Good for you, Clapper. He did it. He finally did it. I, did you hear Collinsworth last night giving uh, – he's basically saying Dez, once Zeke comes back, it's going to help Dez so much. Dez he, he can't get open. <laughs> well, he, his whole thing was like the reason Dez can't get open is because Ezekiel Elliott's not there. But Dez I don't know if he get, watched all the games Yeah, when Dez Zeke couldn't get playing. open when Zeke was there. Dez can't run. Dez can't mm. separate. I just don't think he's ever been Dak's number one. Like well, Dez was – Romo loved him. I don't I, I don't think – do you believe in that? Connections with receivers and quarterbacks? Well, here's why. Uh, everything about like Tom Brady, everything about great quarterbacks that I've been around is about trust. Trust that you're going to be in the right place at the right time. Dez has takes a long time for you to trust them to be in the right place. You can't move Des around. You can blame Lenahan for the generic offense, but it's hard when your best receiver can't line up at multiple positions and move him around to create the matchups you want. Plus, Des needs the ball in his hand to be used as size and power. He can't separate. He's a jump ball receiver. You're paying $17 million. I mean, his numbers are going down. Beasley's numbers are going down. Jason Winton's a great career, but they're not explosive at all on offense. They will struggle to move the ball, and they're even as bad as the Raiders are on defense. They'll struggle to move the ball. They're just going to have to hope they turn it over. That's why Martavius Bryant will get a big deal from the Cowboys. <laughs> you predicting that? <laughs> yeah, just run straight down. It sounds like they're a They're going to need a tight receiver. end. They're going to need a lot. Of, I mean, they're going to have to revamp this offense. Like, I don't think people realize. You talked about this. I don't think people realize how much the Cowboys have to change. With, I mean, Dez isn't worth $17 million. Beasley's way down in his numbers. They don't have another. They're going to have to change their skill players to improve their offense. They're not coming back with Zeke is going to solve everything. That's not going to happen. I think it's going to be Ryan Switzer that solves everything, right? If he get him on the field. <laughs> All right. Finally, the showdown. The moment we've waited for. Wait, yes. You're not going to talk about Jimmy G? Yeah, let's do a quick Jimmy Wait G aside, right? Oh. I'll give you some Jimmy G talk. Go ahead. Give, go okay, ahead. the Titans are going to take on the 49ers. He's undefeated. He's undefeated as a starter. Could tie Roethlisberger's record. <laughs> we keep talking about Garoppolo. Yeah, handsome he, fella. He, he's beloved. <laughs> Bill Simmons keeps calling him handsome. He's compared me to him. I, I have tried to push that to the side as much as I can. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo against the Titans. Is he going to expose the Titans for what we know they are? Oh, my God, yeah. This is perfect for him. This is play at home. The home crowd will see my man Jimmy G. Look, Jimmy G's, I mean, he's good. I mean, I don't care how anybody (laughs) – I was talking to somebody in the league this week, and they said they went to watch Jimmy G play, and they said, I just wanted to see if I could get a couple plays that I really thought were different. Is it by the time I – it was 15 plays. I mean, Jimmy G has – everybody watches tape in the NFL – knows Jimmy G's the real deal. The Patriots don't regret this trade now. They don't I like, think, we should have asked for more. I think at the end, I will make this pretty I think in three years they're gonna regret this trade. Yeah. yeah. I think when they do a football life with Bill Belichick and he's like mumbling under his breath when he's frustrated, at the end of the dock it's gonna be about Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> anybody I don't deal. think anybody wanted to trade. I think to me it's still that that's gonna require Abraham's a brooder. It's going to require the Warren Commission. There's going to have to be a thorough investigation to see exactly what happened. We here. know Bill yeah. didn't make that trade. That's yeah. what you're saying. The best part is when the 49ers were like, we're going to let him learn the system. We'll rest him. It lasted like one week. They're like, yeah. like, what system did he have <laughs> yeah. to learn? Yeah. yeah, and everybody said, well, you know, you can't put him out there with CG. You know, he's going to get killed. It's like so I was talking to somebody in the league and they're like, you know, well, Deshaun Watson doesn't, you know, he got to play with Hopkins. He got to play with uh, Lamar Miller. He got to play with Braxton Will Miller. Fuller, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Will Fuller. And I said to the guy, well, you know, so did Savage. He couldn't move the ball with all those guys too. So, I mean, (laughs) quarterbacks make teams better. I think there's no doubt. Jimmy's made them better. That being said, I love the Niners in this game. I love them, Joel. I love them in this game. We're going to watch Jimmy G at Tony P's. That's that's, that's right. If you come to Tony P's, there's a whole section for Jimmy G in there. Wow. Tony P's, Mike Lombardi will be there. All right. Finally, (laughs) the game we've all been waiting for, the AFC showdown to see who's the best. Mike Tomlin's been talking about this game, it seems like. Since last year, he's basically claiming it to be a Super Bowl, despite him being two and ten against the Patriots in the Tom in the Tom Brady uh, dynasty in 
his career. He says that they know how to beat the Patriots. We will see this Sunday night. Joel Solomon, a Steelers fan, Mike Lombardi, aligned himself with the New England Patriots. This will be fun. You know, I, I think it's going to be a hard game for the Patriots. I really do because I, I think the weaponry that they have in Pittsburgh. Now, Juju Schuster's had that the hamstring. Can he play? I think that's a critical component of this game. But the Patriots, for them to win, they must win this game with their offense. They're going to have to control the pace of the game, a little bit like a basketball game. They're going to have to keep this game in the 20s, low 30. If this game starts to become a little bit more explosive, it's not good for the Patriots. And they're going to have to limit big plays. All playoff games come down to third and short, third and ones in the field, and they all come out to red zone offense and defense, right? So the four-point plays matter more in these games. And I think Pittsburgh, playing at home, has a favorite. And I, I and here's what I wouldn't want to have happen for your Steelers, Joel, and then I'll give you the floor. Win the battle, lose the war. Right. Because this is coming again. And so whatever you do, you don't want to unload everything you want to do in this game just to win this one because something down the road could happen and it could jinx you. But I like Pittsburgh here only because they're playing at home, and I think it'll be hard for them to uh, keep up. The, st- the Patriots defense hasn't impressed me all year. See, even- this is why NFL narratives week to week get me so nervous. The Patriots have one off night. They didn't have Gronk. I'm still convinced they had an extra night in Miami they might have had like their team Christmas party <laughs> and something happened in Miami where or an OBJ night in Miami. Right. Know. Yeah. We don't know what, we don't How know what happened Harris, in Miami. By the way. Is he okay? He's all right. Did we he, send him flowers? He's actually week? at the Nike campus today. Did I, I keep up with where he is. Okay, he's at the Nike yeah. campus. He's talking about LeBron James. He's been doing all right. Steelers have looked good, but they've also had to come back. They've let up a ton of points, come back. Antonio Brown's bailed them out. The Patriots are still the Patriots. They're the Achilles heel. I think when fans in Pittsburgh nationally say, what does Ben have to do to be in this conversation? What does Ben have to do? He puts up the numbers. He's won titles. He has to beat Tom. Mm-hmm. And here it is right in front of him. And and I told Lombardi earlier, I, I love that this is like a, a Heisman race where everyone's talking about Antonio Brown for MVP. Antonio Brown's been doing this for years. It's just happened on national television the last couple of weeks, and he's won games for them. And now here's Antonio Brown also going against Tom Brady in this like MVP showdown. That said, I, I think the Patriots, there's just too much. So what they call a reverse jinx. Yeah, uh, Bill Simmons invented that. Uh, Absolutely. They could put the whole team on Gronk. You, you will see at one point eight Steelers just trying well, to bring I, I think down. this. I don't think the Steelers have done a good job of setting up their team to beat the number one team they have to beat to get to the Super Bowl. So it's a big Al Davis thing. Like, you know, the one thing you have to do is figure out who your opponent is, and you're going to have to build your team to beat them. And so when I was in Cleveland, we would lose to Denver and John Elway. And it used to drive me crazy because we would lose to them, and then Denver would play Washington, or Denver would play the Giants, or they would play the Eagles, and they'd get smoked, right? You know, mm-hmm. get killed in Super Bowls. And I said, you know, the problem we're having is we're trying to build this team to beat Denver when we should just build the team to beat the Giants. Because the one thing the Giants could do is beat Denver, Mm -hmm. right? So if we can beat the Giants, we'll beat Denver, right? If we build a team like that, and I think Pittsburgh doesn't really have that. If they play zone in this game without Shazier, they don't have enough team speed underneath to handle Brady, right? If they get into a man-to-man game, and they probably will want to after watching the Miami tape figure and they can live with it, then Hogan's not going to be on the – Hogan was horrible last week, right? So Hogan was bad. So they're going to put – you know, Dorsett will have to play. Brady's going to have to throw the ball to somebody he doesn't trust completely, whether it's Dorsett or Britt or somebody if Hogan can't play. And that will be the big challenge in the game. And then they're going to have to control the pace of the game. You can't have third and one throw a nine route to Hogan and and, and punt the ball back to Pittsburgh. Punts are the most dangerous aspect of this game because both offenses can score. So you got to manage the game accordingly. To put this game in perspective, I will say this. Uh, the last time the Steelers did beat the Patriots, 
It was Antonio Brown's first touchdown of his career in 2011. Yeah, and, and it time. was probably, I think Ooh. Heath Miller made a few plays. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a game where it became, a, the, the Steelers played a style to win the game. They got some pressure inside, and that's how you're going to have to play it. I mean, if this game gets too much exposed too far and it becomes a fast track, one thing the Patriots cannot do is give up a big play. They can't give up a 60-yard touchdown pass to Antonio Brown. They've got to make, Antonio could have 12 catches. He just can't have 200 yards. But that's why Deion Lewis and Burkhead, the Steelers linebackers, that's scary. And then with Gronk inside, they can attack the middle field. Where against Miami, they couldn't really attack. Miami challenged them to try to win in the middle of the field. And the pass rush created a problem. Brady had like cabin fever in that game. He was trying to get rid of the ball too quickly because he understood the pressure. And they weren't winning on the outside. I think their lies. Plus, the he difference. knew Sue was trying to yeah, probably him. send a message and hard place to, to knock play. him out. Yeah. But this is where I think Tomlin maybe tries to out- outsmart himself. Even I wonder if. And, and we spoke about this earlier, if they give Bell the rock 25, 30 times and try to you know, really control the pace of the game, or how they've played better is letting Big Ben in these, in these final uh, fourth quarters just almost like a two-minute offense and, and just go. I think if ben, play, if ben throws it 66 times in this game, they lose. They got to control the pace of the game. I think the more Ben throws in this game, the more the chances for interception. Look, the Ravens had a chance for a few plays in that game. They didn't make them. But the Ravens' secondary was horrendous. The Patriots' secondary can cover. They can't cover Antonio Brown. They're going to have to double him. But they can cover some players. I think if he throws it too much, they'll make a mistake. I think that's the recipe is more Bell, Brown, control third and short, take the bear out of the game. Juju. That's why Juju is the X factor. Jesse James. Get Jesse James involved, especially on third down. And I can't take him seriously with that name. I well, I think Heath about Miller. The Who would name somebody Jesse? Yeah. Like, they should anyway. just call him Heath Mueller or yeah, something. Yeah. Just give him like... Close enough. Yeah. Heath James. Just yeah. do that. It's easy. All right. Well, that's going to be a fun game this week. Uh, It'll be ev- great. Everyone will tune into that one. Patriots-Steelers. Uh, that's basically going to decide who's going to come out of the AFC, most people believe. Um, I just want to throw one more thing out there to keep your eyes on. The Baltimore Ravens, a team that we do not believe in, right? They're going to go to the Cleveland Browns. I've been watching Cleveland Browns <laughs> oh practice footage this whole week. They've been in the snow. Bug Howard. I know Jonathan where this Bug is Howard. going. <laughs> uh, they're having a great time. Josh Gordon looks happy. They just seem like they're all together. Hugh's coming back. They're all galvanized, and, and I see the yeah. upset. You do. I, I You're see calling. It. Wow. I feel it. I feel Cousin, it. The you like, Browns, you like Cousin the, Sal. Yeah. You like Cousin Sal. First win of the season. The new Browns beat the I, old Browns. I love yes. it. Yeah. Yes. This it, is, it revenge on Baltimore. I love it. Hey, that's the pick I'm of the week. That's all. It, I got. Nothing else matters. Yeah. That's all yeah. I got. That's all, all right, I got. Good. Sorry, Cousin Sal. If I stole your thunder there. Uh, all right. This has been GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. You got it. Mike Lombardi, Joel Solomon, Tate Frazier. We will be back Sunday night. Maybe Joel will come with us. Tony Pease. We'll see you there. It depends if Steelers win.